0: was fun the first service too (laughs) I didn't know what he was gonna say first service I was like oh man it was fun oh I'm happy to be here I'm excited to be here so thank you so let me ask you a question have you ever met someone with really big faith big faith really inspiring you wanted to be like that person I want you to put that person in your mind think about that person who is that person to you have you ever met someone with really big faith that you wanted to be like I mean, maybe, if you have you ever traveled down south, or, and you've ever met someone who's, they're just all nice there. We from the northeast are like, whoa, everyone's really too nice for me, we don't do that up here. Have you ever met someone and go, oh, bless your heart, sweetheart, I'll, I'll, y'all, y'all take care now, come back real soon. And you're just like, oh gosh. right? But then they, uh, eventually maybe they'll bring up God and go, oh, they're that kind of person, I understand now. Right? Picture that person who's really inspiring to you, really, really big faith. Wow! Crazy, mind boggling, out of this world. Are you kidding me? You have that much kind of faith? Don't you know? Come on, you can't have that much faith. Don't you know if you just lived a little longer how life really gets to treat you? Really big faith. But that person who is really big faith, big inspiring faith to you. I want to tell you this God wants to bring you there. He wants to inspire you, He wants to bring you really deep to have really big faith faith, really big, inspiring faith to be that kind of a person. He wants to bring you there, me there. God's will for your life, regardless of where you are in terms of religion or church or this whole Christianity thing, is to really to bring you into a key word here, relationship with him, to bring you have a really deep sense of knowing who God is. I mean, imagine if you woke up every day with a super kind of confidence in him. Imagine if we were that kind of community that we woke up and we believed who Jesus says that he was. If we all had really, really big faith. Imagine what that would look like for us. Uh, to be honest, uh, I struggled with that. Yes, your youth pastor struggled with having a sense of deep faith when, when you know, when life really does get hard, when things that I don't know could happen, could not happen. I couldn't really see where this was going. I struggled having big faith, and that happened for me um, right before I actually took this job. And you know, I was working as a health and phys ed teacher, and you know, if I stayed there, worked a couple more years, I would have been easily making six figures. So that, for me, as a man, for for my wife and for a future family, that was you know, good, I want to provide to, to maybe change jobs. That was really scary for me, and it was on my heart for a long time to be a pastor and to really step into ministry and, and just to, to hang out with students and have a fun time doing that. That was always on my heart, and I didn't tell my wife until after we got married. Um, LAUGHTER and I remember having dinner with her, and, and then I told her, hey, I think this is what kind of where God's leading me, and I was hoping for this response, yeah, I just don't see us doing that. Like, no, I, no, sorry, that's not for, for us, for me. And she had the opposite response. Really? Oh, let's do that. Let's type on the computer. Here's 10 applications you can apply to. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> But she had really big faith when I did not. I was like, yeah, but I don't know. Is God going to really take care of us, of me? Is this what I'm supposed to do? I didn't have big faith. She had really big faith for me. She inspired me to be courageous. It was cool. Um, And then we we decided to pray about it. And then we said, all right, God, you know, if this is something that you want us to do, just make it really clear for us, you know, amen. Literally half an hour later, Renee Billing emails us. Hey, we want to talk to you. Olivia's like, call them right now. I was like, no, not right now. (laughs) And that's, that's how we ended up here, essentially. She had really big faith for me, and I didn't. And if you want to have really big faith and when the game of life gets tough, because it's going to get tough, maybe it's tough for you right now, in those type of moments, you want to be able to rely on really big faith. There is, according to Jesus, there's one way to do it, to have really big faith, to get to that point. There's one way to do it, and that is practice. We have to practice our faith. But the truth is that what you and I are probably a lot like Allen Iverson, remember him and our attitudes towards practice. You might remember this, check it out.
1: This is not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's it's easy to to talk about. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not a game, not 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 the game that I go out there and and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? man? we're talking about practice. I know I supposed to be there. I know I supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice.
0: If they say, I say. What Jesus says, what the world says, truly, I say this to you. At the conclusion of this mount points to a very different idea of practice. I mean, his sermon was entirely, if not mostly, on what to do. And what to do. Here's what it would look like if Jesus were saying, here's what it would look like for you to have really big faith. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how you would act. And when Jesus started his Sermon on the Mount, this they say, I say, I mean, he began talking to his disciples, right? He started with a small group of people. The more and more he began to speak, more and more crowds began to gather. If you go back and read it, you'll see, hey, crowds gathered, crowds gathered. So at the end of his sermon, right where we're about to talk, there's a huge, huge crowd of people. Started small, became really big because people wanted to hear what he was talking about. So imagine, want you to imagine right now, you being one of those people, we're one of those people, we walked really far, we walked in hot weather, we heard about Jesus, hey, what's going on? Jesus is talking to this guy named Jesus, who is he? I want to hear what he's talking about. So we all started to gather, you're one of those people, you had to go for a long walk, it's hot, I mean, think of what you're wearing on your feet, and you think of all the kids you had to bring, your spouse, all oh, you're bickering, and to get there, oh, man, the donkeys, oh, it's taking forever, oh, the, the wagon wheel broke, would you pick up the stuff, you're just bickering, you get there, because you just want to get some peace, and you want to hear about some life, you hear about this guy named Jesus saying some stuff to you, and you get there, you're excited, and then he says all these things, they say this, I say this, and I need you to forgive, I, I need you to, to, not, to not worry so much, to let go of your anger, and all these things, and then you, at the end of it, you kind of go, Oh, did Jesus really say that? I was hoping for something different because that sounds really hard to do. Did Jesus, did he really say that? Did he say I have to not seek people's approval? I mean, did he say don't let what I do in secret be known? I mean, doesn't he know how good it feels to appreciate it? I mean, come on. Did Jesus really say I need to treat others the way I want to be treated and not be so judgmental? I mean, I'm from Jersey. We're just judgmental people i mean i just have to say something i mean did jesus really say not to worry what do you mean don't worry doesn't don't you know jesus that i got all these things i gotta take care of and all this this list of to do's and all the money and now all the kids to take care of and or am i going to get married all these things that i don't need to worry does he even know did jesus really say to forgive what's that about that's jesus why are you telling me all these things did you really say that church why is jesus telling us all these things why is he telling me so many things to do? I thought I was just saved by grace, right? I mean, that John just talked about, it. I mean, being saved by grace, being fully consumed by that, right? That's what it's all about, which it is, which you should be, hear me on that, yes, absolutely. So then why is Jesus talking about all of these things to do? Why are these things important to Jesus? That's the sermon, that's the conclusion. Let's check it out, let's, let's dive in together. Therefore, and by the way, any time that Jesus says therefore, you have to ask yourself the question, what is the therefore therefore? So we're, we're, we're going to do that. We're going to look before and look after, but let's dive in. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, practice? We're talking about about practice? Is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So, in other words, Jesus is saying if you want there to be a difference in your life, if you want faith in me to show up in really big, cool ways, mind boggling, really big faith, you've got to go and do these things. Notice the one difference between the two builders: one hears and does; one hears and doesn't do. One is wise, and one is called foolish. So I can't just go and say, after hearing Jesus, say all these things if we're one of those crowd, and go, "Well, God loves me because I, I heard you speak." I mean, I didn't hear; I didn't miss one speech, one week in this month of going to church. I mean, what do what do you think about me, God? We in our American culture, myself included, am victim to this. We kind of rate our spirituality, our Christianity, based on an attendance rate. Did you go to church this weekend? I don't miss church. I mean, my life would be better. Your life would be better if you just came to church more consistently. I mean, hey, God, what's going on? I came to church three times in a row this month. God, I promise if I get back into church, would you please? We somehow think that an attendance rate... That in attendance rate is what makes the difference but jesus says no that's not what makes the difference it's doing something the thing that is going to blow up your faith church the thing that's going to explode your faith is not debating about what jesus talks about in the sermon on the mount it's not learning about it it's not even hearing it it's going to do something with it because if you want you and i want our faith to explode have really big faith then we have to put our faith into practice I mean, I, I thought this was interesting too. The verses right before, let's, let's hear what he says. Jesus says, it's something about doing, and something about knowing. Let's check it out. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I, I don't know you. I never knew you. In other words, Jesus, I call you Lord. I I believe in you. I've tried really hard to do good. I mean, I tried really hard to do good. Isn't that enough? But Jesus is calling us to a little more for us to do something with what we've heard. He wants to know you and I personally and intimately. What does that look like? That looks like putting our faith into practice. In John 14, it says, if you love me, Jesus says, if you'll love me, you'll love people. Love your enemies. There's a third way to do that, not get so angry. If you love me, you'll spend time with me. If you love me, you'll talk with me. If you'll love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, then you'll not just hear, not just know, but put into practice these things I'm trying to teach you. And if you were to read a little further, you'd read immediately after Jesus. I mean, this is the, I thought this was so cool because right after Jesus says all his sermon on the mount, and he goes and says, hey, you really got to go and do everything I'm ta- talking to you about. What does he do right afterwards? He climbs down the mountain, and then he goes and does something. He heals a man of leprosy right away. He shows everyone in the crowd, say, hey, I'm going to go do something. Just like I'm telling you to do, I'm going to do something. I thought that was so cool. So if you want your Christianity to explode, if we want our faith to explode in the reality of experience, we have to do things. I'm not talking about earning favor with God. Know that. You are saved by grace through faith, and that's it. It is not I do to become. It is I do because. I do because I am loved. I I don't do to become loved. I do because... There's value, of course. Hey, of course, there's value in being in this room. I'm not saying, hey, don't come to church. Yes, come to church. It's awesome to be here. Of course, there's value in being here in church. But I mean, it's Jesus isn't going. Oh, is Billy here? How about Frank? Oh no, Frank. Where's Frank? Oh no, right? No, he doesn't have a checkboard, a checklist like that. It's not about attendance. Jesus says no putting these things into practice, going home today, going home this week, going to church, going to work, going to school tomorrow, going to practice these things. Because if you'll love me, you will keep my commands. I studied health and phys ed in college, and I was a teacher for a few years after that too, and so I started a lot about nutrition. And it's one thing to know about nutrition, and to know how to eat healthy, and even to go buy the groceries, but it's another thing to actually eat healthy, Right? One thing to know, it's, it's another thing to do, it's, it's one thing to know about exercise, I can have a gym membership to NitroFlex down the street, I can even hire a coach, or we, yeah, I can even become a trainer myself, but if I don't go and do something, if I don't go and exercise, there's no way this body of mine is changing. Uh, I used to pitch in college as well, and I loved it, I miss it every day, I'm a huge baseball fan, go Yankees, thank you very much, they're going to win. We'll see. This will be my last sermon. He's a Mets fan. <laughs> I didn't do that first service. That's why, you're up here. That's why I'm up here. I saved it to number two. <laughs> But uh, in pitching in college, I could know all I could know about pitching. I could study it, I could listen to podcasts, I could you know, drive and just imagine it, put my head down on the pillow, pop up the next day, and hey, I'm going to pitch a perfect game today. No, that's crazy. I had to go and practice, I had to go and long toss, I had to go and run, I had to go and practice my change ups over and over and over and over again. right? It's one thing to know how to pitch, it's another thing to step on the mound and go and pitch. One thing to know about my faith, to hear what Jesus is talking about. It's another thing to go step on the mound and go do it. So I couldn't just read and, and listen about it. I had to go and do something. I had to put it into practice. You know, my dad and I, one time when I was in high school, um, we pitched a, we, we, excuse me, we built this huge pitching board. I mean, it was eight feet tall, and I, I, I was thinking about, why did you make it so tall? Well, I had a really hard time throwing accurately, so we cut out a hole of a strike zone into this huge, a um, piece of plywood, he, he angled in the back of the hole so if I threw it into the hole it would, it would angle down and go into the bucket. He made it collapsible so I, we could carry it well. Uh, he made it eight foot tall because I had a hard time throwing actually into the strike zone. Uh, but I remember us building it together it was, it was a cool experience for me and my dad and we got to build it and he did everything for me to prepare me, to equip me to practice pitching but I used it maybe two or three times. I didn't use it very much, I didn't put it into practice, what I should have been doing. And I came home one day and I said, Dad, where's, from college, where's, where's the pitching board? I won't actually use it. He's like, it rotted, you, di- you didn't use it. I threw it away. I was like, oh man. But I didn't put it into practice and it just rotted. It sat there rotting. Hmm. The best thing for you to do, your, for you, for your spouse, for your kids, maybe your future spouse, your future kids, your future's kids, kids, it's for you to be involved with Christ in an environment that takes the Word and Scripture and Jesus really seriously and makes it applicable and practical. So if you want your life to reflect a life that is built on a solid foundation, we just sang that song, Build My Life, and Jesus says, you've got to go and do this stuff, not just believe it, not just hear it and know it, you've got to go and do it. I can have 100 me personally, I can have 100% attendance and be a fool. I can have 100% attendance and be a fool and build my house on sand. When I pray and go, God, why is this happening to me? How could you allow this to happen? I've been in church so much this year, all the time, and God's going, yeah, I know, but do you know me? Attendance isn't the issue. It's what you do with what you've heard. I mean, John can give the best sermons in the world. Oh, yes, John, slow down. Let him take all the notes. But if I don't go home and apply it, what was the point in listening to it? James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote the book of James And recently last fall with the students. I, I did a study with them, and I thought this was interesting as well. James says this, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed for what they do. So spiritual maturity is not synonymous with Bible knowledge, knowing my Bible. Spiritual maturity is synonymous with applying those spiritual truths. And what, in other words, what looking at the mirror and then seeing what you look like and then looking away, in other words, is this. So I can wake up maybe this morning and go, oh man, you really gotta change it. you gotta get it. you gotta take a shower dude right and then not go and do it and now i'm just coming to church uh, i don't have to change anything or maybe looking in the mirror is really like looking into my soul and going yeah there's things i want to change there's something that's convicting i want to do better i want to be better and then walking away and forgetting about it in other words if we hear these words of jesus and they're and convicting to us we think wow i gotta change I have to go and do something. Does James reference blessing for what they know? No, he, he, he doesn't even reference for, hey, a, bless, a blessing for, hey, you were really good at debating. Hey, you really have that knowledge up there. No, he says there's blessing in what you do in applying it. I could actually be deceiving myself. We could be deceiving ourselves if we know the word of God but don't do anything with it. What was the whole point of looking in the mirror if I'm not going to remember? The one who actually acts upon it puts it into practice, applies it to their life, those are the ones who will be blessed. I mean, there would be times when I would read the Word, I would read Scripture, and I would think to myself, I don't want to do that. It's really hard. Doesn't God know what's going on? I know I don't want to do that. Or times I'd go, I have to love my wife. Oh, I have to be patient with her when we go shopping and she wants to touch everything and look at everything. I already asked. She told me I could see that. Oh, man, we can know in our minds, know in our hearts, and think we'll be blessed because we know. But Jesus has been teaching me personally, no, it's not just based on what you know. I have to go home and apply. I have to go home and be patient with my wife. What would it look like for you? I know what it looks like for me. What does it look like for you? Uh, If you're not sure where to start, then hey, go home. Maybe today you just go home and just open your Bible and start there. Start there. Start reading Scripture faithfully. And make every effort, maybe, to show love to someone who you really don't wanna show up to. Maybe that's where you can start, just one thing. Maybe I need to ask myself the question. Maybe I need to ask, am I storing up some treasures in heaven or just for me, what, what's going on? How about, hey, tell them the truth. Let's, like t- today, let's make today all about telling the truth or I don't know what it is for you. What is it for you? Maybe I'm gonna leave work early and surprise my spouse. I'm gonna surprise my kids and spend time with them because they, they are really important to me. I don't know. There's only limited blessing in knowledge. You can know all the principles. I can know all the principles of how to have a great marriage and have an awful marriage. I can know all the principles of how to lead a team and be a terrible leader. I can know how to be a great friend. Or I can be an awful friend. I can know what it looks like to treat people well, to honor my parents and not care what they say. I can know all about it, but to do it is different. Because knowing doesn't really count for anything. It's, it's all in the doing. And maybe it's because I've embraced grace in the extreme of going, yes, I'm saved by grace, that I've let doing things become less important. But we shouldn't let doing things become less important because doing is really it. Doing is what spiritual maturity is. James made it perfectly clear. It's not about what you know. It's all about what you do. Attendance doesn't make the difference. Knowledge doesn't make the difference. It's when you apply what Jesus taught. Look, if we want big faith, like we talked about earlier, if I want big faith, I've got to go and apply it. The song was saying earlier, build my life. I will build my life on your love. Jesus, you are my rock. It's because I know I have an understanding that I'm loved. I, there's grace and I'm saved through that. That's why I'm compelled to go and do things. That's why I'm, go, I'm compelled to go and do things. So how do I know Jesus is my foundation? By knowing it? No, I'll go prove it by doing something with it. Um, let's think of it another way. This is fun. Yes, I'm the youth pastor. I get to do some props. It's fun. Here we go. Unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. Unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. It doesn't do any good sitting here in the can. The purpose of paint isn't just to sit here. We don't go buy paint and then leave it in the closet so we can have a paint can leaving it in the closet. We buy paint to apply it to your house, to your walls, right? Yeah. Truth is like unapplied paint. Unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. If I don't apply it to my life, it's not going to do me any good. So maybe some of us have some truth that we need to apply to our life. Maybe some of us, maybe I need to go home and apply some truth to my life. I need to maybe go home this week and call so-and-so that I've been neglecting to call, been afraid to call because I don't really want to show love to them because, oh, well, if you only knew, Mike. So maybe I need to go home and apply this to my kids. And maybe, students, you need to go home and apply this to your parents. Maybe there there's some Some grace I need to give out. Maybe I I need to actually think about, you know, giving sacrificially. I don't even know what, what does that even mean? Maybe I need to actually not worry so much, put my faith in, in Jesus. I need to go home and apply this to my life. What's the one thing that you need to go home and apply? What do you need to go and apply? As the band comes up, church, friends, we've got to show up and apply it. We have to go home and apply it. You've got to call so-and-so and apply You've got to go to school on, on Tuesday or Thursday, whenever you start, and apply it. You've got to go to work and apply it, because if you don't apply it, it doesn't do any good if it just sits in the can. If you want real change to happen in your life, then we've got to take seriously applying our faith. If you don't apply, if I don't apply, I'm like a foolish person who builds my house on sand, I, and I won't be able to, to survive the storms, but if I do it, Right? Then I'm like the person who survives the storms building my house on a rock. Because at the end of the day, if we want that big faith, we have to put that faith into practice. So let me ask you this question. Right? Humbly before you, let me ask you this question. Have you put any of these things into practice? What do you need to go home and put into practice? And being a youth pastor, I get the pleasure, the honor, I'm just hanging out with the students and getting to, to talk with them and mentor them about what it means to... To walk in faith. Parents, have you helped your kids put their faith into practice? I I know we're good at at, uh, helping them with ACT prep and SAT prep, and I know how far you've driven and how that you've spent your time and energy for them to practice all of their sporting events, which is good. It's a good thing. But have you put, have you helped them put their faith into practice, things of eternal value into practice? I mean, hey, don't get me wrong, I'm ready. if I have a kid, I, I told Olivia, I'm tying his or her hand, her right hand behind her, her back because I want them to be a lefty, just like me, yeah. <laughs> but, would I be helping my son or my daughter put things of eternal value into practice? So can I ask you, are you helping them? I remember my dad, I mean, every morning, he, you know, going down eating breakfast, he'd have his Wheaties, his brand cereal, and you have his scripture right in front of him. And I'd have honey bunches of votes because that was my thing, it was his thing. But he had it and what he did is he had scripture every single morning. Then he'd, he'd finish it and then he'd go to his newspaper. But then sometimes he'd ask me, hey, what are you reading? And I'd be sitting there going, uh. But then it, it kind of inspired me slowly and surely. I, I saw my dad, not just do it once, but I saw him every single morning go do it. And that, really inspired me to go and do it. I think that's why I love it so much now is because I saw my dad do it I saw my dad do it. he showed me what it looks like so could you church show your kids what it looks like to forgive could you show your kids what it looks like to give generously I mean hey if you parents if you want your your kids faith to explode your faith needs to explode students if you want your friends or your parents faith to explode your faith needs to explode if you want your future spouse or maybe your future kids what your faith needs to explode we got to put these things into practice can i give to someone anonymously and just leave it at that if you want to try that give to go go and give a gift anonymously but don't call them next week and say hey did you get an anonymous gift recently (laughs) what if you helped them put their faith into practice What if you help them put what's truly important, here's what I wanna, I really wanna nail down on, could you show them what it looks like to be known by Jesus? Because that, at the end of the day, that's what's really important. Do you, you show them what it looks like to be known by Jesus and to know Him? To be known by Him. To be personal and intimate with Jesus. Man, that's what it's all about. Man, what would it look, imagine if we were a community that took that seriously, put that kind of faith into practice, what would that look like? Man, this community would explode see that happening so why do I want the big faith why do, why do I why do I need to put the faith into practice what's the point of the big faith because that's the comfort that we're all looking for that I've been looking for aching for searching for that's the peace of mind in my heart that I want so much I mean all the stress and anxiety I crave for it to be gone if I put my faith into practice Jesus Jesus is calling us into that he's saying come follow me put into Practice what things I tell you. Because I want to instill in you, inspire in you, deepen your faith, have really big faith in me, to know me, and I to know you. So you see, turns out Alan Iverson wasn't right. Practice does make the difference. Because if you and I want our faith, really big faith to explode, we have to put our faith into practice.